Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Once again, it's a real privilege to be here. And I think you know, some of you may have made note of the fact that uh, Sonny and Darlene are here. And uh, also some friends from Fort Morgan, Colleen and Kelly, and then Eric and Cindy. And then we've got Vince and Marissa. And I'm going to have Marissa share a little bit later when we kind of wrap it up. Um, she's got an incredible testimony of God's grace and his, God's love and power and you know, his transformational power and ability, which is uh, what we live for, to see people transformed by, by the power of the cross. And I just want to, even before I start, just acknowledge that there's many of us in this room that are that what I would consider, and more importantly, that he would consider real trophies of his righteousness. And trophies of his righteousness are any kind of trophies are to be displayed. And so sometimes the Lord allows us to, you know, share some of the goodness and greatness that he's done in our lives. And, and we all have a testimony. Any of us that have given our lives to him, we've all got a testimony. We've all, we've all got a past. We've all got a present. And we all have a future. And um, I, I like the present, and I like the future. I love what I see God doing right now. What he's doing in the, in the, in the wor- world globally, just releasing the love of the Father, is, I mean, it's, to me, it's really quite astounding. And I've been on this journey for some time, but I, I think in the last 10 years, I'm seeing more of uh, a tangible expression of the love of the Father than I've you know, seen in all of the collective years before that. And that's just a, that's what he's doing. You know, we've had a great revelation of Jesus, a great revelation of the Holy Spirit. We had the charismatic movement and all the rest of it. But today he's, he's really revealing who he is as, as Papa, who he is as Daddy, which is the, the key to it all. Just, you know, in case there's any wonderment in your minds or your hearts, you know, the heart of the Father is the, is the key to it all. Not only... Um, receiving his love, but giving his love. I, I mentioned it before in terms of last week, and you know, the Father's mission is really simple. We, we receive his love and then give away his love. Receive his love and give away his love. And there's a, I want to, I want to hurry along this morning because I want to, I want us to have a, um, just a significant ministry time just where we can Allow the, the heart of the Father to come in and embrace us. And, and, and I'll be, try to be careful to really listen to his words. Because i got so much stuff here. I've been looking at this stuff for so long that I could probably keep you guys here for the rest of your lives almost, you know, because i got enough, enough stuff. But, um, you know, that's not practical, is it? So, and I'm, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures in John 13, 34 and 35 in the message. It says, let, let me... Let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. 
Uh, 1 John 4, 7, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. And then if you go down to verse 10 of 1 John 4, it says this is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has, has seen God ever, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us, and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. And can't go too far you know, wrong when you read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but in verse 3 it says, if, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. You know, so Father, I just ask that you come with your love today in a real tangible way, even as I'm speaking. I ask, Lord, that you would, you would continue to just bless me, Lord, with your, with your love. And, and Lord, as we were worshiping, I just, I just thank you that we were able to worship you in spirit and in truth, and we were able to worship you from our hearts, and we were able to touch you with our love for you, and you touched us with your love for us, every one of us. I, I, there, was, there was a real strong, tangible sense of his presence, and it was different than last week. You know, I, I compare things, you know, and it was different because the Holy Spirit is, is always doing different things. I want to I share this, this little, I want you to catch this this morning. Um, it is this great commandment to love God and to love others, where we, and that's where we're going to find the Father's mission. It's, it's love God and, and love others. His desire for us is that we receive his love and give it away, thus fulfilling the great commission. And I think sometimes when we, if we don't get the downloads of the Father's love, we operate out of you know, the whole thing of the great commission, which is incredible, you know, preaching the gospel and bringing good news to people. But if we're operating you know, from a place of a lack of love, then I, I don't think it's a, it's a complete thing. He wants us to really be loved on so that we can give away from that love to others. And, and that's, that's really the Father's mission for us. So the, the great commandment to love God and love others is a call to intimacy. Uh, I didn't share this last week, but I, I, I think I did everything I could to express that it flows out of intimacy and an intimate relationship with our Father. And even, you know, Jesus, Jesus said, I only do what the Father shows me to do. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm thinking he probably spent time with the Father. And you can read about that in many different places in the Gospels, that Jesus spent time with the Father. He was alone with the Father, and he, and he came out of that place of intimacy, and then he just did what the Father showed him to do. It was, it was really simple, and it still is really simple. We spend time with him, get downloads of his love, and then we just go and do and give it away wherever he wants us to give it away. So the Great Commission to go and make disciples is a call to fruitfulness. You know, so if you want to be fruitful, you, know, you want to be intimate with Papa, right? So intimacy is to precede fruitfulness. Always, always, always. Our intimate relationship with him is to precede fruitfulness. So as we are intimate with him, it, it, for me, it's a no-brainer. You, you have to, you'll, you'll just bear fruit because of intimacy with him. So the great commandment, you know, love God and love one another, 
must precede the Great Commission and is an inseparable part of it. When intimacy does not precede fruitfulness, we easily become subject to our own mission and become focused upon religious duty, hyper-religious activity. That was shared this morning. You know, we don't do these things out of hyper-religious activity, you know, and, and it brings us into maybe a, a place of aggressive striving um, that can even leave an angry edge in our life and relationships. But when we do it out of a, a great sense of love, we move fr- from this whole place of, um, you know, being an orphan into, into sons. I, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 1. There's, there's so much I got here in these notes, but I'm not going to go through them all. <laughs> and everybody said, Woo, thank you, Jesus, you know. Um, Ephesians chapter 1 has really been a, a powerful, for me, a powerful thing. I, I want to be able to express it from a, as best I can from the heart of the Father. And I'm going to be reading it out of the message, so if you haven't got the message, it's pr- probably going to be a little bit hard to follow. But I'm going to start at verse 3 and, and just express what I think the heart of the Father is wanting to express to us and, and even globally you know, today. And in verse 3, it says, How blessed is God, and what a blessing He is. He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to high places of blessing in Him. And just ponder that for a moment. You know, He's an incredible blessing, and He's the one that takes us to these high places in Him, in His love. Now, I want want you to catch this next next verse, verse 4. It says, "Um, Long before He laid down earth's foundations, He had us in mind. I want you to think about that, okay? Long before, you know, earth's foundations were even thought of, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love. And this is a, this is a real big deal. So when you think in terms of the, the whole universe and, and you know, the, the setting of the foundation of the, the, the worlds and the, everything in this orderly thing, he had us in mind so that he could focus his love on us. To be made whole and holy by his love. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I like the whole idea. And it's more than an idea because it's, it's really God. He not only wants to come and love on us, but he wants to make us holy and whole. He wants us to make us, you know, whole. And he wants us to be like Jesus. He really does. He really wants us to be like Jesus. So the focus of his love is to bring us into this place where we be, become just like Jesus in terms of the way we respond, and, and so on. And again, I like verse 5, it says, Long, long ago he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And I like what it says in the message here. It says, What pleasure he took in planning this. Now, you know, the father's thinking about, you know, how are we going to work all this out? We're going to, you know, have all these people from all these different nations, all these different tribes, all these different people, all these different colors and everything else. And we're just going to, we're going to work out this incredible plan, this plan where I can just pour out my extravagant love on them. And, and then I can, I'm going to, I'm going to bring them all into a family. And this family is going to be so incredible, so global in its, in its reach. It's, it's just going to be amazing. I and mean, we can go anywhere on the planet, right? Anywhere on the planet today. And you'll find this family. You'll find family just like us all over, the, all over the globe. And it was in his heart to do from the beginning. And you know, so he, he, wanted, he wanted to do this, and, and he took great pleasure in planning this. 
Now, I, I really want you to understand this. He really took pleasure in planning this, planning this, how he was going to love on us, how he was going to send the son, and how he was going to send the son as the, the complete and perfect sacrifice. And when he sent the son as a complete and perfect sacrifice, and when he, and Jesus spoke those words, it is finished. I mean, I, I'm always continuously wowed by those three words because he's continuing to do a work in me, and I love it. Verse 6, he wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. And you, I mean, you, you got you to gotta be able to see it from the perspective of the father. He is so lavish. He's, he's so extravagant. He doesn't withhold his love. And, and you know, I've said it before here, but you know, not every, everybody's heard it you know, from, from me. But when he, this lavish gift-giving that he did, you know, any of you, any of you here think that he hasn't done it all, you know, you, you, you're missing it because he's already done it all, right? And that was already expressed this morning. He's done it all in Christ. He, he did not withhold Christ from us. He sent Jesus to do what Jesus did. So he hasn't, he hasn't withheld anything from us. He gave us everything in Christ Jesus. So he's a lavish gift giver. Lavish, lavish. Whew, I like it. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross were free people, were a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, abundantly free. Woo! I like being free. It feels so good. It really does. I remember where I was. Do you guys remember where you were? I remember where I was. I remember what I came out of. I haven't forgotten you know, the pain of it's gone, the, the guilt of it's gone, the shame of it's gone, but I haven't forgotten where I came from. I am abundantly free. It's wonderful. It's so good. Whew. I love it, Lord. I love it. I love what you've done for us, for all of us, so that we can be free and walk in this incredible freedom. Verse 8, he brought up, he thought of everything. Imagine that. <laughs> you know, he thought of everything. Provided for everything we, we could possibly need. Let it, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set, us, he set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven. Everything on planet earth. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we, we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Now he's reiterating it again. He had his eye on us. You know, he had his eye on you guys. Every one of you, everyone in this room, he had his eye on you. He, he, he was, he had designs. Maybe some of you don't feel like he has designs for you, but his designs are for glorious living. Isn't that great? You know, I like what John 10.10 says, especially the latter part of it. You know, the thief comes to steal you know, kill, destroy, but he came that we might have life and life to the full. So, you know, he delights in this. That's, that's really his heart. He delights that we walk in this glorious living. I, I, was, I was just thinking, I was, we were, uh, there were several of us went to Whitehorse Christian Center, which is in Lafayette, Indiana. Um, was a couple of weeks ago, Sonny? You know, anyhow, I, I, there was times in worship and, and it's, hard to, it's really hard to compare worship when he's there and he shows up. I mean, it's just, there's, but there was such a, an incredible, glorious time. And, and I, I would challenge you guys, this is part of the glorious living, is glorious worship. 
where, you know, you, you worship him without any abandon. And, and you guys are worshipers. And so I want to encourage you to worship because that's part of the glorious living. As you worship him and just give glory to Jesus, it's, it's, it's so awesome. You know, sometimes I want to, you know, shout. Sometimes I want to be quiet. You know, and it, it depends. You know, what the, what the situation is like, and it depends on what the Holy Spirit's doing. I was really gentle this morning. I was really quiet this morning. It was just loving Jesus. Just loving Jesus. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, does it? Just loving Jesus. So, you know, I'm, we're having a glorious time. I'm having a glorious individual time out there in Lafayette. And then we're having a glorious time in, in, in a corporate setting. And you can't duplicate those things. You can't duplicate what we did just now. It's because he's, he's so glorious in, in what he wants to express, not only to us, but through us as we, as we worship him. So he had designs on us, guys. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and everyone. It's, Christ in, it's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free. Again, there's a word freedom. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of duplication in this chapter, just in case you haven't figured that out. But, you know, there's a lot of duplication in this chapter. He really wants us to catch something. He really wants us to get it. So he said, you know, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. What an incredible thing. You know, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, and, and, I, and I've shared this many times, but I, don't, I know they didn't get it. I know they didn't understand it. I know they didn't understand that Jesus was going to back them up and the Father was going to back them up like the Father backed up Jesus, but then they did get it. When they, when they saw what they were able to accomplish and, and really literally turning the world upside right, upside down, whatever, however you want to put it, in, in their short time on earth after the Holy Spirit came and they were signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit, it was an incredible thing, incredible. It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to experience this incredible love. I am grateful unto you, O Lord, grateful unto you. So it was, his, it was absolutely his overall purpose, and, and he wanted to sign, seal, and deliver it by the Holy Spirit. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. And, you know, so again, you know, Paul in his expression here, in Ephesians, he's, he's going over things over and over and over about this glorious living, about this, this incredible experiential thing that we can have in, in the Father's love. It's, it's amazing. That's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of a love to all Christians, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank. I ask. Ask the God of our Master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make the intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. And my, my purpose, my intent, the, the intent of my just being here is that you will understand in a, in a deeper level, a deeper way, the love of the Father and the embrace of the Father. Because it's, it's so incredible. And I, week in, week out, week in, week out, week in, week out, the, the embrace of the Father has, has come and transformed me. And, you know, he's loved on me and loved on me even when I didn't feel like I should have been loved on, you know. Um, when I wanted to run and hide in shame or whatever else, he just kept on loving on me and, and just wooing me. And uh, I've, I've learned, if I've learned anything over the years, when I mess up, I run quickly to him. 
run real quick to him, because I, I, do, I don't know about you guys, but I mess up here and there. Um, Brenda can testify to that. And, uh, you know, and, and when I do, I want to be quick to get it right with her, and I want to be quick to get it right with God. I want to run to him, because he's there with his arms wide open, always, always. This is something I, um, I, was, I was sharing with Cindy earlier. I catch this from Sonny. God's, God's never offended at our stuff. I want you to hear that. He's not offended by our stuff. Did you get that? He's absolutely not offended by our stuff. We can really do some weird stuff, right? But he's not offended by it. He's just not. He's just way bigger than that. And quite frankly, we should be big like that with him living in us and not by, be offended by other people's stuff, right? That's what love's all about. That's what, you know, intentional loving is. We don't get offended by other people's stuff either. Verse 18, it says, Your eyes focus and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Verse 19, it's, I mean, they're all, I don't know, they're all mind-boggling to me because it's, it's all about extravagance. It's all about incredible extravagance. In verse 19, it says, oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. You feel like you don't have strength? Get it from him. It's boundless. There's incredible strength in him. Incredible strength in him. Hmm. Father, I just release your strength right now. To those that need some strength, I just release your strength right now. Even as you've come on me, Holy Spirit, I, I just release this strength now. Those that are struggling, those that have a, a sense of a lack of strength, I just release strength to them, your strength to them right now. Right now. This endless energy, this boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven. In charge of running the universe. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I just get wild by simple things. But, he, you know, he's in charge. He's big time in charge. And, and guess what? He knows what he's doing. Have you, have you ever heard of, a, of another planet colliding with another planet? I haven't. You know, it's pretty orderly. And he's in charge. He's in charge of the whole universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. I don't get forever, but someday I'll get forever, you know. When I step into forever, you know, maybe we're already in forever, right? I think we are, you know. I think this is forever now, right? We're right in forever. I don't understand it all because it's like, woohoo, you know. But we're in forever. We're We're in forever right now. We stepped into it in Christ Jesus. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. And here's a, here's, a, here's a simplicity thing, okay? Bring him in on everything. Bring him in on everything. The simple things, the big things, all of the things in between. Just bring him in on, on everything. He's in charge of it all anyhow. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Christ rules the church. Hmm. He rules the church. The presence of the Lord just wants me to share something. You know, some of you, 
some of you have been hurt and wounded by the church. And I'm going to take a little time right now, just in, as, a, as a, a representative of him. Uh, and I've shared these things before. And as a representative of him, I, I just want to ask forgiveness to anybody that's been wounded by the church. And, and, I, and I really mean that. And I'm not just saying this for the sake of saying this. There's people that are sitting right here in this room that have been wounded by the church, been wounded by, by pastors perhaps, wounded by authorities in some way, shape, or form. And you need to forgive me as a representative of the church. And then I will release forgiveness to you from Papa. I'm just going to wait here for a moment, all right? Just let the Holy Spirit stir you. And if there's somebody that comes to mind, if there's a pastor that comes to mind or some, somebody in authority that comes to mind, I want you to just release that person and forgive that person in Jesus' name and receive the forgiveness that comes from the Father. It comes from the Father. I want Christ to rule the church, don't you? When he's in charge, love rules. When he's in charge, these, it's amazing. It's totally amazing. Verse 23, the church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is per- peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. And, you know, multiple times through this short, you know, and I am going to end, I really am, this short little, you know, thing, I, wanna, I really do want to give Marissa time to just share her, her testimony because there's something that gets solidified in our hearts when we hear what Papa can do in people's lives. And, you know, I've known Marissa for a while, known Vincent for a while, and, and just watched what God has done. And, and it's... Um, you know, it's, it's awesome, and it's it's awesome that you're willing to share, and she's going to share, you know, and be, she'll be vulnerable before us as a body, and so I want you to really respect what she has to share, and as she opens up her heart to you guys, and and just know that you know that he rules, he reigns, he's supreme, he's the king of kings, he's the lord of lords, so mercy, would you come? Please, I'll stand right here with you. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so right away, I just want to give all glory to God, not me. Do you hear me? Perfect. (laughs) Okay, so I just want to give all glory to God because without his forgiveness, mercy, and grace on my life, I wouldn't be able to share any of this with you today. So... Do I go? Go. (laughs) Okay, so I just want to start out with um, forgiveness is something we all need to have in our hearts because we all go through it, believers and unbelievers. Um, There's that one person that it's always hard to forgive. So just to share a bit of my testimony with you, um, I didn't meet my dad until I was 12 years old. My mom kept us from him for basically the safety of us. He was on drugs and 
Um, when we did meet him, I endured sexual abuse through my dad for about two and a half, three years. Um, a few years passed by and I got committed and there was light finally shed on the situation that me and my dad were in together. And, you know, at first it was real hard for me to forgive my dad. My heart had hate and when I got saved, I remember my husband asking me, well, Marissa, why don't you forgive your dad? And I looked at Vince dead in the eye and said, because I don't want to. I wasn't ready to, you know, I had so much hurt and hate in my heart for everything that I had been through with him. So um, a few years passed and I started really seeking God and pushing on God. And I remember reading Corinthians and 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, what love is. Love is respectful, kind, it don't envy, it doesn't hate. I remember reading, it keeps no record of wrongdoing. That one hit me hard because I remember just keeping so much just bitterness in my heart towards my dad, you know. And um, So forgiveness is a big deal because if we don't forgive people, we're, we're giving the enemy the footstool he needs to get up and take control of our lives. He has every authority now. He could make us angry. You know, I've been in situations where I've seen fights just because of unforgiveness. And we don't want to give the enemy that authority because it was finished at the cross. I remember reading Second um, Corinthians 2.10. It said, God gives us this Christ-given authority to forgive so the enemy don't have control of our lives, right? So if we use that, do you know what? As a matter of fact, I had to tell God, Lord, help me to forgive my dad. Unscale my eyes so that I see him in the spirit. And my God, my mighty, mighty God showed me my dad, humble, kind, caring, loving. And my spirit was seeing this blameless man before God. And so I just really encourage everyone, got choked up, to forgive. Even if your circumstances tell you that you can't, God's given you his authority to forgive so that you may walk in power and authority through God. And forget, unforgiveness hinders your prayers, and you don't want that to happen. So just forgive, because God's forgiven us, so we should forgive others. That's really it. <laughs> mm, thank you. I intentionally stayed away from some of the the material that that it involves, you know, sonship and moving from an orphan spirit to a, a son or daughter. It, it's very tied to the message of forgiveness. We can't. There's no way around it. You know, there's there's things that have happened. You know, in, in Marissa's life, and and you know, she truly is a a trophy of His righteousness, as she chose to forgive. And you know, I don't know all of your circumstances here. You don't know my circumstances. You know, I just know that I've had to forgive, and you know, some of the things that I've had to forgive were very, very painful. And but I want to walk as a son. I want to walk as a son in freedom. I want to walk in the freedom that's talked about in Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to walk in it unhindered, unhindered. You know, so I'm, my, my challenge this morning is 
is that if there's any areas of unforgiveness in your, in your hearts towards anybody, this is your morning to be free. This is your morning to, to walk in, in a place of sonship, daughtership that maybe you've never experienced before. It's, it's, so, it's so liberating. And, and I, you know, I, I had Marissa share for a reason. I, I actually saw her testimony on Facebook and like the Lord really spoke to me. And because I know that forgiveness is a hard heart issue. And so if there's any of you here this morning, we're just going to wait on the Lord and we're going to ask him to come and, and really, you know, give us his grace and ability to forgive. And I, you know, things don't get much worse than that. You know, there's, there's things that happen to all of us, but we've all had to forgive so that we can walk in this sonship. Another aspect of what Errol's talking about is uh, when we move into living as a son and trusting the goodness of our father, we can release, relinquish the illusion of control. Until we get there, we, we want to hang on to this illusion of control. And unforgiveness keeps us there. Uh, because you feel, believing the lie of the enemy, that if you don't forgive the person, that you, you're maintaining some kind of control over that person. And then when you, you emit anger tied to that unforgiveness, it's, it's part of that illusion of, of control. But it, it's all an illusion because you're not controlling anything. Uh, we, we need to relinquish and, and trust in, in the goodness of, of our Father. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm reminded of of something uh John Cox shared with me some time ago about unforgiveness. It's it's like drinking poison and thinking it's gonna kill the other person. I'm just waiting on the Lord right now because the Holy Spirit's really settling in in the room. And Here's, here's the simplicity. The, here's the deal. When, when the Holy Spirit is doing what the Holy Spirit does and he's settling in the room like he's doing, he's releasing grace right now. Grace to forgive. Grace to forgive. Now, we might all need to forgive somebody, you know, but this isn't, we're not digging for cans of worms or anything else. We're just asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things. And as he's revealing these things, his presence is here, His grace is here so that you can forgive, release, and be free and just experience this glorious freedom. It's so awesome. Uh, I don't know how many of you read all the way to the end of the emails that I send out just about every week, but I, <laughs> I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But uh, <laughs> a lot of times I'll, I'll put a nugget at the end of that and the one for this week ties into what God is doing 
uh, right now, that we can either live our lives continually looking for an excuse to be hurt, to be wounded, to be offended, or we can choose to live in the truth that there is no reason to be hurt or offended or rejected. Uh. We're going to make it really simple, you know, and let's just stand, please. And if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you in any way, just as an act of faith, just come forward because there'll be more grace released as you come forward. So forgiveness is, is an ongoing process too. Don't think that just because you forgave somebody once it's not going to come back to you. And, uh, you know, just like marriage, you know, is a relationship, so is our relationship with God. And you might have to fight off some temptations to do stupid stuff. And one of the stupidest things you can do is hang on to unforgiveness. Yes. 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 Increase your presence, Lord. Increase yes. your presence. Yes, I... Release your freedom. Strengthen, uh, strengthen people's wills this morning because forgiveness is an act of the will. Mm -hmm. And like Todd said, once, once we have chosen as an act of our will to forgive, the enemy will keep, try to keep bringing it up. But you've dealt with it. When you've done it, you've done it. And the way to keep the enemy from bringing it back to you is, is to pray a blessing over that person every yes. time you think yes. about them. <laughs> and then the enemy will stop reminding you. Yes. Because he doesn't want you to pray a blessing over them. <laughs> this, what, what Jay's saying right now is a real big deal in terms of the process of forgiveness. You, you know, our, the, the process of forgiveness is completed when we can truly bless the person. And when we can truly bless a person, and I know that you had to do that, didn't you, Marissa? You had to bless your dad. Still do. Yes. And there's things that my dad did I still have to bless. He's passed away. But, you know, I have to bless him and release him. And any time and every time I talk about my dad, I have to talk about my dad with honor and honor him. And that's part of blessing. That's part of that's part of forgiveness is, is really just honoring those that have wounded us, honoring those that have hurt us, honoring those that have, that have come against us. And, it, you know, this, this realm of sonship is about honor. It really is. It's about honor. So I just release more of your grace, Lord, more of your grace, more of your grace. Your grace, Lord, the that we might forgive and that we can walk in this glorious abundance, this extravagance that you have for us. So Holy Spirit, come. Increase. Increase. Now I know sometimes when, when this issue of forgiveness comes up, it's not real easy to respond to. So I'm going to open it up even broader. 
you know, that if you just really sincerely want to touch from the love of the Father, you know, and that probably encompasses all of us, just just come and, and just receive more of the embrace of his, his love. I, uh, my entire life has been a battle to live, to breathe, and I discovered a long time ago that I'm not a person that you can put into a corral, and people, adults, mostly as I was a child, wanted to corral me, and through the ages, um, I've discovered that first, I can do all things in Christ. Second, I can't leave his feet. And um, along with growing old, um, I had a diagnosis this week of severe degenerative osteoarthritis in my shoulders. And it was like another battle. This is another battle. This isn't from God, but it's keeping me from doing God's work. And if unforgiveness is keeping you from God's work, it's time to, to get on your knees. Because it's real easy to swing the other direction. Uh, we see people that... Um, don't walk in the walk. And it's our job. We, don't, we can't stand back and just let Satan take the reins. It doesn't work. And I've dealt with a lot of unforgiveness, and, and still do, and still have the proverbial two-by-four upside the head. But um, if it's keeping you from going to your neighbor and sharing and hugging or helping somebody at the store then there's something wrong. 